Birdnote presents. April is National Poetry Month here in the U.S., and to celebrate, we're featuring contemporary poets who write about our feathered friends. Closing out this year is Ojibwe poet Hyde E. Erdrich. She has loved birds since she was a little girl, and her family loves to share her first bird story. I was just a little toddler, and my mom let me go up, wander in the yard, and I came running back in. She said, my eyes were just big, and I looked terrified, and she said, go outside and play. And I said, no, there are chickadees fighting with English sparrows out there. <laughs> so I always knew, you know, the particular birds and their names because my family were people who loved birds and paid a lot of attention. My dad was the one who began keeping track of the birds, making lists, talking about birds that he'd hope he'd encounter, coming home from supposedly deer hunting with a bird report instead. Erdrich grew especially fond of the little birds, the red poles, the kinglets, the indigo buntings, but not just the small ones. We all were really obsessed with the big woodpeckers because they're just so dramatic. And we were lucky enough to live where there have always been pileated woodpeckers. Like just now when I sat down and I heard a pileated out there, you know, normally I would have jumped up to go to a window to try and get a look at it. One of her poems is about another kind of dramatic woodpecker, the northern flicker. The birds have tan bodies with black dots emblazoned on their chests, and they have either red or yellow feathers on the underside of their wings and tail feathers. The yellow-shafted flicker lives in the eastern U.S., the red-shafted in the west. But in parts of the Great Plains, the ranges overlap, and both colors can be found. And that is where Erdrich grew up. I have friends from a tribe in California, and when I went to go visit them, I saw that they used the feathers for various artworks and so forth. And Erdrich remarked on how they only had red flicker feathers and offered to send some yellow feathers back from the Midwest. So I went to go try to find some feathers for my friend, and I just had to go a little south of where I grew up, and my memory was correct. There were both colors there. Flickers. Abandoned town on the border, I wait in tedious drilling noise. Flickers, my sister birds, try a hole. Grub full and greedy, they ignore me. Fine, I say, just fine. When have those birds ever waited for me? What's in that hole for me? It is hot while I stalk flickers for feathers. Red and yellow shafts I mean to collect for prayer fans. Hen-bodied, they would plummet so easily. It's a pity they act so disappointed in love. They make their mates sob sad, wet notes that move them to nest in dead wood. I watch, my gaze still hot. Ah, their wings burn right past me. One eyes me, the sun in a crushing black rock. She blots me bone dry, sends me dreaming through a red and yellow thirst. This prayer they will teach me.
I don't think people notice them that much. They just think it's a woodpecker. They don't notice. But I think they're fancy. They always look like they were wearing medals to me, like they'd been given an award. (laughs) They're just a really beautiful bird, and they have a sort of ferocity to them. And They're not as quiet as the little black and white woodpeckers. I think they have a little bit more pride, maybe. Where Flickers was inspired by birds that remind Erdrich of her home, this next poem is about a bird much further away. Wild turkey was inspired not by the bourbon, but by an actual wild turkey. Erdrich wrote the poem while she was at an artist residency in deep west Texas. She was recovering from an ankle injury at the time. I was in so much pain, and I was lonely, and there was this giant turkey that kept coming after me every time I opened the door. And even when I didn't open the door, he would try to see me through the window. He stalked me. (laughs) And I thought, we've got to have a relationship with this bird or I'll never feel, you know, unwatched. He seemed just lonely, but he couldn't help himself from being territorial at the same time. And so she began to imagine what was going on with the turkey and even tried to strike up a conversation. I could imitate him. Who knows what I was saying to him? And he responded. And then I felt sort of ashamed of that. It was just a moment of just sheer loneliness. I think a lot of people have experienced that now with the pandemic. After a while, you know, there's a depth to your loneliness when you're cut off from other people. Wild turkey. Not the bottle, not the burn on the lips, lit throat glow. Not even wild, really, but a small town bird whose burgundy throat shimmers like nothing ever. A huge bird, impressive, who lurches and stalks me window to window in this desert retreat. What does he want? Clearly he is lonely, pecks his reflection, and speaks to it in a low gobble, not gobble, gobbles so tenderly. So as I think of him, his eye hits on me. We have watched each other for days. His shifting colors fascinate me, his territorial strut. But it is his bald and blue-red head his old man habits and gait that move me. If I even think of him, I taste whiskey. Drunk on solitude, I'd talk to anybody. I try his language on my lips. His keen response burns like shame. To close out today's episode, we'll listen to Erdrich's poem, DNA tribes. The poem collages two very different things. First, back in the early days of the internet, some really annoying targeted ads that would follow her around the web. They figured out I was native, but they were just barking up the wrong tree because they would always ask me if I wanted to learn about my Native American DNA and if I knew my tribe, (laughs) which of course I did. Like, how are you native if you don't know those things? And the other was the red-eyed vireo, a bird whose call sounds like someone saying, Here I am, where are you? And I thought, like, why would a bird be saying that? 
like felt the two things together. You know, do you have to move away from where you are, mislead people from who you are to keep your home safe? DNA tribes. The red-eyed vireo calls, here I am, where are you? Like some bizarre biomimic, web ads pop up while I email asking, Native American DNA, what tribe are you? All I'd need to do is swab and mail away cells my ancestors took millennia to perfect. And who owns them then? Here I am, where are you? The red-eyed vireo calls, misleading us to relocate, following its flight away from nestlings tight in twigs to get us lost in a bog. Asking all along if we even know our own locale. Here I am, where are you? Native American DNA, what tribe are you? As if that could fool us, make us forget the nesting grounds, the red eye cast ever backward to a place always known as home. You can find more about Hyde E. Erdrich and our other episodes featuring contemporary poets on our website, birdnote.org. We hope you've enjoyed this series. And while Poetry Month may be coming to a close, it is always a good time to read some poetry. For Bird Note, I'm Mark Bramhill. <laughs>